I'm with you. It's like, I'm not going to be shocked if he wins. He looks great on the track leading up to this race. I just can't bet him knowing that he was 80 to one last time out. He's been a long shot almost his whole career. And he's going to be that short of a price in this spot. And listen, he's seven to two morning line. Who knows what the odds are going to be. He might be the favorite. There were these two racing dudes named Aaron and Jared who had advice on racing and they wanted to share it. Started a website where players go to see all their picks. The goal was make the fans some money and to cut down the risk. They put the plan into motion and at first it seemed silly. Make a website where the expert picks are freer than Willie. From a racetrack veteran to just a beginner. There's one place that you want to go to find you a winner. As a matter of fact, I want to hit the exacta. There's only one site that you'll keep coming back to. So next time that the horses all line up at the post, make sure you use the website that'll win you the most. Whether Churchill, Oakland, Gulfstream Parks, and Matoga, and all tracks in between, there's only one site to go to. When it comes to your racing needs and all of your bets, plus it's got a catchy name that no one ever forgets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. We're back. What's up, everybody? It's Thursday. Actually, no, it's not. It's Wednesday. We never do Wednesday shit. Wednesday, June 8th. This is Blinkers Off. What's up, man? Yeah, we're nice and warmed up. Uh, we just had a live show at noon, and now we're back at 2. So, look, Shadi, she's back with us here. Hi to Shadi, and hi to everybody that joined us earlier and are here with us now. It's Blinkers Off time. It's time for the serious stuff now, Jared. That's right. All that bullshit aside earlier. You're here for the real stuff now. Yeah, it's uh, it's Wednesday. It's Wednesday, and it's afternoon. It's a totally different. Like we're not we're not in our uh, normal. We're usually at in the evening on Thursdays, but the field's out. We I don't know how much more we can talk about the field, right? So we need to get it off our chest, just like you guys do. We talk about it. Let's, uh, we're working on the guy that's in the final stages as well, and so I feel like it's one of the things about this this this. Uh, this card where it's like you kind of have your opinions pretty, pretty easily. I feel like. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like it's, it's, it's very cut and dry. It's this or this take this, whatever that horse might be impress and, and just hope your opinions are right. It's really not a, a, a spread, you know, on a bunch of races type of card because they're just not huge fields, but stars are out. Very, very good horses. Uh, the best in the country are there without any question. And uh, you just got to, you got to, sometimes you just gonna have to ride the chalk and, and hope it's right. And everywhere else, you're, you know, you're just going to have to press and, and hope that your opinions are right. And if they are, you're going to get paid. Yeah. You know, one thing that Samich said earlier today that on the, on the live show that we did that I thought was, uh, it's so true. And it's like when you have these kind of cards where it's not, you know, you don't have a t- huge, you don't have huge fields, but you have serious, serious horses. You, you get more like there's not the bullshit of the horse had a bad trip or this cheap speed that just completely blew up the race and, and, and completely, you know, took out your horse's chances of winning. It's like when you have fields like this, where you have star horses. So 
they're gonna. Sh- I mean, they they they're bringing it right. They're they're showing up. Grade one caliber. Here's here's eight grade ones and nine stakes races. They're grade one horses, so they're gonna bring it, and you're gonna get the best efforts most likely out of all of them. And you can either you get rewarded if you're right. Absolutely, yeah. There's not gonna be crazy speed duels or traffic trouble or anything like that. Uh, not a lot of traffic to get into, although some jockeys could find traffic in a five horse, high five horse field. No, but, it will uh, happen. Don't worry. Yeah, but you're right. It's it's definitely, you know, made the best horse win. We're gonna line them up, and there's really not gonna be any excuses one way or the other. Um, you know, if you get in a speed duel in a five horse field, I don't know what to tell you, right? Yeah, I mean that's just it, and 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 to that point is like you can. There, there's only four other horses, so you gotta you gotta kind of assume that if there is a speed duel that you can kind of foresee that happening you know like it, mm-hmm. it, it's kind of hard to find a horse that's like well i don't know like maybe that horse it's like no you kind of know at this in this in these fields like if they have if they possess the kind of speed you know in order to go with whoever no doubt yeah and that's that's how it is. Like you talk about like a race, like the Met mile, like that's pretty clear what's going to happen. Right. I mean, you just look at the past performance and it's like, yeah, there's two horses that have a good early speed. The rest of them don't surely they're not going to get in a two horse speed duel and a five horse field. So it's, you can kind of see how they're going to fall uh, in those situations. And so uh, you could probably handicap this card a little bit quicker. I wouldn't necessarily say it's super easy to pick winners on this card because the races with the short fields for the most part do have that two, you know, star headline type of feel. And it's like, okay, am I taking horse a who's really, really good? Or am I taking horse B who's really, really good? Yeah. And even to further that, I would say of the whole card, I guess the Belmont, maybe you could, uh, the Belmont stakes, of course you could make a case for that as well, but you know, with this one, like Chris says, the Ogden Phipps, I mean, this one, I, I get, you know, and I personally think Latruska is a standout, but it's, I mean, all five search results, Clary Air, could she finally, you know, could she finally break through? Malathot, how good is she? Um, you know, she returned so good um, out of that uh, as a four-year-old. Can't she make another step forward? She's a, I mean, she's a serious horse. And then, you know, of course, Bonnie South and Latruska, but yeah, I mean, that's one that you can almost take uh, maybe four out of the five where you could quite easily make a case in terms of putting them to win, right? And and it's also a, a day where, like, Lotruska could run her ass off and Malafot just nails her at the end or whatever. Like, it's one of those days that you could get serious uh, efforts from your horse and still lose. Yeah, absolutely. It reminds me a lot of the Travers Day card, mm-hmm. oddly enough, yeah. uh, Naira Circuit. Uh, of course, Saratoga instead of Belmont. But you remember the Travers? There were top-heavy races, and it was like, oh, man, this is they're top-heavy. But they produced some memorable moments, right? Like five- and six-horse fields on, on the surface, they're kind of a bummer. But when you look at what actually happens in those races sometimes, there's some crazy stuff that could go down. Let's Let's not forget – the Alan Jerkins six horse field, but oh my gosh, life is good. And Jackie's Warrior throwing it down that day was super. It was one of the best races of the year. So, um, and, you yep. know, Saratoga last year, we saw some wild finishes with five horse fields. Remember, uh, Malathot got beat in a five horse coaching club, American Oaks, last year 
you know, uh, we saw, uh, I think the Jim Dandy may have been five horses. It was either five or six, but uh, essential quality almost got beat. And guess what? It was like seven wide in a five horse field in the Jim Dandy last year. So yeah, on the surface, they're always a little bit disappointing, but when you really think about it, some of the wackiest, craziest, most fun times have been with these shorter fields uh, when it comes to the results. Yeah, that's just it. You you, uh, you you get in these races, and 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 by the way, to Ron's point, you can if you can get one of like if you can get uh, a Latruska beat, or if you can get a uh, what if speakers what if neither speakers corner or yeah. flight line win or whatever like. It is it unlikely? Yes, but if you get if you do play that angle, you're going to get rewarded because these horses are going to be you know flight line and speaker's corner are going to be used on everyone's tickets in those sequences. But if you get one of those horses beat and say you get what is I mean shocking? I don't think even Clary Air would be one if she can win that race. Like that's a horse that not a lot of people might use, and that can separate you in terms of these payouts. So even though these are small fields, if you're, if you think there's vulnerable favorites in one of these races, the payout could be dramatic. Yep. Absolutely. Well, and that's, we'll that's the thing. You, you got to beat one of them in a sequence. And you, like you just said, it's going to be big. You don't have to find a, a 30 to one shot either. Like happy saver, for example, probably be what six to one in that race. Maybe going to pay like a 30 to one in the pick four and pick five sequence. Cause everybody, yeah. if they're smart, it's going one or the other there. And so if you could, meaning speaker's corner or uh flight line. So if you beat them both, like Jared just said, uh Oh, now the door's really open. You probably killed 80% of the tickets in that situation. Right. So that that's another angle to, you know, that versus pounding a, a, a pick three or something with, with the chalk, you know, and there's, there's two different angles. So if you are playing uh, smaller budgets or if you still like to play those those $0.50 cent dollar, you know, pick fours, multi-race sequences or whatever, then that's where it makes sense to to not use these two heavy favorites and instead play prices. And yes, is it unlikely? But sure, I mean, that's how you hit huge caches, right? Let's not forget Aloha West. We'll talk about that race. Uh, I don't want to get too too ahead of myself because I'm too excited to talk. Uh, well, we're going to talk, uh, obviously, the 154th running of the $1.5 million Belmont Stakes at Belmont Park. We're going to get into that entire race. We're going to give our analysis, going to give our picks, our thoughts on how that race is going to unfold. Everything you need, we're going to talk Belmont Stakes. But, of course, the undercard is massive as well. So we're going to give some rapid-fire selections for some of the remaining greatest stakes action on the Belmont Stakes Racing Festival card. Let's go. And they're all in line. They're off in the Belmont Stakes. Saturday, Belmont Park race eleven. The the Belmont Stakes. That's uh, a great one. Hundred or uh, one point five million dollars on the line for three year olds going. One and a half, one and one half miles. So it's the the grueling test of a champion, the Belmont Stakes, where it's going over Big Sandy, which is, unless you've seen it in person, it truly is an unbelievable uh, track. And you see it in person and, and you're like, oh, shit, this is <laughs> this is like you have to be a legit horse in order to finish this race uh, in first. So a field of eight lines up here, Alterman, and, and really it 
the, the, the big question as you come in here, can we, the people, wire this field? He's easily the lone speed. That's probably why he became the morning line favorite at 2-1. to one. Five to 5-2 on Mo Donegal, last seen finishing fifth in the Kentucky Derby. Did got, you know, obviously drew the rail that day. He had to work out, of, work out a trip and did so and was a mile wide going uh, down, the, uh, down the stretch. And then you have the Derby winner. Rich Strike, 80 to 1. Rich Strike, who's not 80 to 1. 7 to 2 morning line here, nest of the Kentucky Yokes runner up. You've got uh, Creative Minister, who's third uh, to Epicenter and early voting in the Preakness Stakes. You got Barber Road. Uh, you've got Golden Glider. And you've got Skippy Longstocking, who is seen in the Preakness last as well. So let's start with the first horse. Can this horse go gate to wire? Number one, we the people. Yeah, I mean that's that's going to be the first big question. And as a pace handicapper, uh, you definitely seem to think that could be the case, right? He, he definitely looks to be loose on the lead a little bit. I, some interesting things to start off with. That it's interesting to me. I thought he would be like on the time form pace projector that I like to look at. I thought he would be way ahead of everybody. Like I thought it'd be clear lone speed. They actually don't have him rated all that fast. Uh, he's in the lead for sure. They think the five creative minister will not be that far off of the one we the people. So I thought that was interesting right off the bat that maybe he's not quite as fast as we think. Um, you know, he's been in the on the lead, but he's also had some pretty slow fractions when he's done it. So, um, but anyway, the five creative minister to them is their kind of likely scenario horse of maybe kind of not pressing him but being right behind him but still we the people going to be in front it's just a matter of how far and look i think the, there's two question marks can he do it over a dry track is certainly number one and i think it's very valid of course the peter pan was a, a sloppy slash good track and the biggest one of all is is he classy enough to get this done the peter pan was not a great race we talked about this at length when uh, it was Peter Pan time, when we previewed the race. Yeah, sure, he won. He looked great. But that those horses weren't great in that race. The other horse that's coming out of the Peter Pan that's going to run here is Golden Glider. He's the longest shot on the board, which kind of tells you the strength of the race. So that's the big question mark. Sure, he's got a pace advantage, but is he good enough to hold on and beat a better group here? Yeah, I don't. And that thing is, like, I don't know that the more I've looked at at we the people the the more i've like kind of studied his his past performances and his numbers like i just don't know that he's like he'll be on the lead but i don't know that he's fast enough to necessarily like blow him out and kind of separate and so if one of these horses like nest or you know even creative minister i was a little surprised by that as well um if one of those horses is is quite close to him and I think there will be somebody because I don't, you know, we're not the only ones seeing him as a lone speed. So they're not going to just let this horse go easily. I, I would not think so. Someone's going to put the pressure on him, even if it's right off of him. And I just don't know that he's fast enough to kind of, he doesn't have, like, I don't look at him and say, wow, he's got major speed. I just think he's found himself on the lead. Um, the last well i guess the last time he was close to the lead in his first two races but he kind of set off of it at first so he definitely does his best running on the front end but 
I don't know that I would say he's like this just pure speed horse that can just put them away. And then obviously the class side as well, you know, you just don't know. I mean, yeah, the Peter Pan, he rolled, but I mean, he beat golden glider. That's the horse that's, you know, he's, he's an afterthought really in this race. So uh, I, I, he's, he's dangerous. Don't get me wrong, but I will be playing against we, the people on the top end, just because I, I think there's other horses to like more. And I don't know that I don't, think i don't see him separating himself enough to win you you made a great point about we the people he he isn't really a true speed horse his his time form uh rating for early speed is 104 that's not that fast uh, on this scale um if you had other speed in this race there's no way we would think he's going to get the lead based on this he he just has fallen onto the lead this time uh, because of there's just no other pace in the race. You look at his other races, Arkansas Derby, he was fifth at, at the half mile pole. Uh, his allowance race, he was second and his maiden race, he was third. So the only time he's been in first at the half or at the, uh, excuse me, the half mile pole was the Peter Pan. And it could have just been the same situation. There was no other speed in the race, right? Yeah, I know that's, so yeah, he. I think there's no doubt. I don't, you know, just because of the way the race is, and you would love to see one other horse in here that that you can count on and putting pressure on him. But because there isn't, he he becomes a danger. And now you have to add, add in the fact that it's possible that it could be uh, the track could be similar to what it was on the Peter Pan day. We don't know that, of course, but it could be. Um, that has to be a factor as well. And Pratt back aboard. So I mean, he's dangerous. I I, I hate the two to one. I, mm-hmm. I think when you look, when you compare him and Mo Donegal, for instance, who we'll talk about next five to two on Mo Donegal is, is fair odds. I think um, I, I don't hate those odds. It'll be interesting to see what these, these horses are bet, but I, I kind of assume the favorite of this race would be five to two in the morning line, not two to one. That's why I don't like those odds for we, the people. I, I think Mo Donegal should be favored here. And so he's not. And that's good news for you and I, who both like Mo Donegal. Um, Listen, it, no matter what they go off at, if he's around this five to two and he's the favorite or not, five to two seems about fair for this horse. I'm pretty confident if he runs the race he ran in the Wood Memorial, I think Mo Donegal is going to win. Uh, he just ran a very good race there. You look at the Kentucky Derby, he was way too far back, like we thought. He he was way wide, like usually happens. Rich Strike laughs at that comment, but usually a closer is wide coming down the stretch, and it, it, it cost him. He got beat by three and three quarters. He probably lost that margin on the turn. Um, so, look, he, he's, he needs to run better than he did in the Derby. There's no doubt. I think he can. I think this sets up really well for him. Um, he did win over this track. It was a maiden, but he did win over here uh, at Belmont, going a mile and 16th. He should be able to get a mile and a half. I think he's going to sit a little closer than dead last this time. I think the pace will be slow enough that he's right up there, kind of maybe mid-pack. I just think he's got enough turn of foot to catch him, and I think he'll make a nice little move uh, to get in position, and I think he's going to run him down in the stretch. Uh, again, if he runs that Wood Memorial race, he can do it. He beat the Preakness winner in that race, and he beat that Preakness winner who was loose on the lead, just like we project with the people. So it helps for the Modonville camp that we've seen him run down a horse that maybe shouldn't have been uh, run down, right? 
Yeah, that's the thing. You, he, the way he ran down him in the Wood Memorial was very similar to how they could not run him down in the Preakness Stakes, and and he and he did. He got it done. Uh, I I don't I don't foresee Modonagal being that far out of it as well. I he his his ability to make he, here's the thing about him is he's a, he's such a true horse because you go back like, even when he hasn't won, he makes his run, you know, and in he's even in the derby like he lost but he made a huge run to get fifth that day almost got fourth so i i i very i have all the confidence in the world that we're going to get a run out of him and i i do think that the the move that they make in the turn with mo donegal is going to be critical because he is the kind of horse that's not going to wow you with this huge move. That's just like here, like from last to first and in, in, in a heartbeat, he's going to grind. He's going to grind. He's going to keep grinding. He's going to get, get that whole stretch of uh, at Belmont to grind and grind down. Whether, you know, we, the people, whoever it is that's on the lead at that point. So I just think he's, this race has fit him. And I thought this race had fit him for a while because he's just going to keep coming. He's a grinder. And so I, I definitely like uh, playing Mo Donegal here. And I think the, the biggest, you'll see him make that move in that turn. He did that very similar in the Wood Memorial. You know, he, he, he was pretty, not super far out of it, but he was far enough out of it, made that move, got up into second. And then the work came in, right? He just kept coming. He just kept coming. Of course, he was on the inside, had to get out. Kept coming, kept coming. So I think I, I really, that's how I foresee Mo Donegal um, because he is going to have to keep coming because I don't necessarily feel like we, the people is just going to give it up easily. I mean, I think once he gets, I don't know about you, but when with, we, the people, it feels like once someone heads him, like then he might be a little tr- in a little trouble. I think so too. I don't think you're going to see, you know, him fighting back on the rail, trying to hold somebody off. I think we, the people's best chance to win, which could absolutely happen by the way, is get out in front and then nobody kind of can get to him. Um, but yeah, I think Modano can get him if he can get him within his grasp, so to speak. And you're right. You kind of said, Hey, this horse just keeps coming and coming. You just look at his running lines. It's like, he's down six, he's down five, he's down four, he's down two. He wins, you know, um, he, he's like a fast grinder. Usually like a grinder, you don't want to hear that word when describing a horse because it just kind of means they just kind of run the same speed all the way around. And like, if you come back to him, they'll slowly come get you. But he, he doesn't really have a huge acceleration. He just accelerates nice and easy. He doesn't have just one speed. He, he continues to run, run, run down the stretch. And boy, when he gets... He kind of reminds me, and I'm not saying he's as good as we'll take charges uh, right now at all, but he kind of reminds me of him a little bit. Once he gets in that stretch and he gets that target, he really locks in, and maybe he doesn't get get that target every time, but he's trying. He sees it. You can see him kind of drop his head and really go try to get that horse in front of him. Now, I'm going to make someone very happy. What? And I'm playing a little devil's advocate here, but... What's so different with him and Barbara Road? I, now, I get it. I get it. Trust me, I'm playing a little devil's advocate. But you go back and watch the Kentucky Derby. Those horses ran very similar races. One was in 19th. One was in 20th. 
uh, early in that race. Both closed like freight trains. Barbara Road was even further outside of Mo Donegal. You're getting 10 to 1 on the morning line versus 5 to 2. I, I trust me, I'm Modonigal. I'm not saying that I'm not. But if you're talking about a horse that's going to be coming late, and I think Barber makes a ton of sense playing in second and third because he's just, he's proven to where he kind of makes that run every time. I can't argue. I think he makes some sense underneath for sure in this race. I kind of describe him as a poor man's Modonical a little bit. They kind yeah. of are really similar. The only difference is Modonical can finish and win and Barber Road can't. And that's that's just a fact right there when you look at the past performances. This Barber Road has had many chances to win. He's been very close and he can't quite finish the deal I think he can hit the board. That's that's the end uh, with him, though. And and they like I said, the difference is that final, let's say eighth or even sixteenth. Mo Donegal has that extra gear to go ahead and pass that horse. We've seen him do it. Barber Road just hasn't been able to do it. The other big thing is Mo Donegal has a win over the Preakness winner. That's a big coup in the spot. Mo Donegal beat Zandon in a race as a two-year-old. That's a big coup in the spot. That's yeah. where Barber Road just doesn't have that. Yeah, you took that Kentucky Derby. They they were similar races. There's, you can't really argue it. I just don't know that he's got that finishing kick at the end. That it, you know, I, I, I described it. Mo Donegal, it seems like as they get towards that wire, man, he's really starting to accelerate. You just don't see the acceleration for Barber Road. That's why I haven't really ever liked him. But in a race like this, it's a mile and a half, and a, a horse like Barber Road – if they start to come back to him, he's going to pass some in this race. There's no doubt. He's he's going to pass a few horses here. I don't think he can pass all of them. I think he can pass a majority of them, though. Yeah, you're getting, a, you know, there's you know two big things with him as well. You're getting an equipment change. Linkers are coming off, and you get Rosario, which is a huge, huge uh, improvement there. And it fits Barber Road, I feel like. So, I'm with, I mean, I was playing devil's advocate there. Um, but my point is, is I don't like the more I've looked at, it, I was like, yeah, I mean, I'll be keen him in my second and third spots, because if you get him, Mo Donegal over Mar Barber road or something like that, he, there's this race is sometimes known for having a, a, a crazier, maybe less than ideal horse come up and, and get second because of whether it be the, you know, just a lot of the horses didn't want to go that far. This horse just kind of kept grinding his, his way down the, down the stretch and, and got up there for second. So if we, the people doesn't want to go this far and gets burned out a little bit and nest doesn't want any business here and rich strike doesn't fire or whatever, like Barbara road is like, you, you said it perfectly, the poor man's uh, Mo, uh, Mo Donegal. So let's talk now about the derby winner we got to talk about the derby winner right mm -hmm. we you guys asked we all asked but someone uh, magic asked me if i thought rich strike could win this race and uh, it took me like five minutes to come up with an answer because it was like yes like yeah he, he can win sure i mean he won the derby and but i will be playing I'll, I'll I'll be using him in my multis, but I'll be playing against in any kind of exotics just because 
you're going from 80 to one to seven to two and just seems like a huge, huge uh, bet against here. Here's a trivia question uh, for you, or, or maybe it just, I'll, I won't ask it as a question. I'll just read it as a fact. It's easier to do it that way to get my point across. Uh, Rich Strike has had eight starts. Seven to two is the shortest price he's ever been. And it came in an allowance at Keeneland where he finished third after he had won at Churchill by 17 lengths. So, but he was still just seven to two in that race. Um, so if he goes off anywhere lower than seven to two, it will be the shortest price he's ever been in his entire life. And it's in the grade one Belmont stakes. Um, he was 80 to one in the Kentucky Derby. That's well documented. He was 26 to one in the Jeff Ruby. He was 20 to one in the Battaglia. So this horse has never taken this kind of money, save for one time. Can he win? I kind of like how Navajo said, yeah, anybody can win. Should he really win this race? Even if you take the Kentucky Derby into play, it's still questionable that he can win. Even if you knew only one race and it was the Kentucky Derby, there's horses with speed figures better than this horse. Um, he got a really good setup and a really good ride slash trip in that race. I, I'm i with you. It's like I'm not going to be shocked if he wins. He looks great on the track leading up to this race. I just can't bet him knowing that he was 80-1 to 1 last time out. He's been a long shot almost his whole career, and he's going to be that short of a price in this spot. And listen, he's 7-2 morning line. Who knows what the odds are going to be? He might be the favorite. It's going to be fascinating how they bet mm-hmm. this race. We saw if we saw anything, uh, if we if we learned anything from the Derby, it was the Preakness was just the betting was insane because of the rich strike. We assume the rich strike effect because you had horses like Fenway that were being bet like crazy, you know, and it just made no sense whatsoever. How is the horse, the actual horse, going to be bet off of the 80 to 1 upset win in the Kentucky Derby? So, yeah, you're right. You know, how much attention will he get? You know, and and how, if he gets pounded, how will that affect, you know, Mo Donegal or, 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 uh, you know, I guess you want to go creative minister or whoever, Nest or We the People. I mean, do they become, does We the People all of a sudden become like four, four or five to one uh, because of, you know, the, the, you know, rich strike and maybe Mo Donegal, you know, the classiest horses of the race. So it definitely will be interesting to see. I, I don't, I didn't fault the morning line necessarily too much. Um, but it's just, a, it's a tough one to make. Let's talk about another horse that here's a horse that I think if he was not, I don't know what it is. Just me. I'm worried that he's just going to be too tired here, but if, under normal circumstances, I may have picked the five creative minister. I, he, he ran a sneaky good race in the Preakness. Um, you know, the concern is this horse has just been running his absolute ass off as of late. He's, this will be the only horse that's ran the quote unquote triple crown. He did not run in the Derby, but he did run on the Derby undercard. Of course he ran in the Preakness and now he's going to be running the Belmont. Let's not forget. He also ran April 9th and he ran April or March 5th. So this is a horse that's just been running his ass off as of late. But Creative Minister, I don't think is in it without a shot. I love him. I think he's got a great shot to win this race. Um, I, I, I think 
Look, I'm not overly worried about the about the short rest. I think he's he's going to be all right. Um, I think he can sit a little bit closer than people think, and especially with a with a slow pace. I think he's going to be in second and third. I think he turns for home, taking first shot at the at the leader, we the people. Now, look, it's still a McPeak course. <laughs> you know, he did save a lot of ground in that Preakness race, and and that helped him close a little bit stronger, but. I thought he proved a lot in that one. Um, I couldn't pick him to win. I do think this horse is sneaky for second. I really do. I think he's going to sit a good trip. I think he'll get another, you know, kind of a ground-saving trip. I think they can they can kind of sit him in second and third and put him on the rail. It's just going to be, can he finish, uh, you know, going a mile and a half? I, I think he kind of will. I like creative minister in this spot a lot. I I almost think there's a situation where creative minister is the one Mo Donegal has to catch. Yeah. If, if he takes over at the top of the stretch and he can head we the people, maybe he can kind of take this race over and it looks like he's going to win this thing. Yeah. Yeah. I actually think that's a, a, a it might be right because he's going to get him and Ness. We'll talk about Ness here next. Um, should get first stabs at we the people, right? Um, because yeah, they're going to, they have enough early speed in the race to where they should sit a better trip, uh, and, and take their first chance. And yeah, I agree. Like I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, when they, like you said, they hit the top of the stretch midway through the stretch and creative minister is right there on the lead or if not very close to the lead. So mm-hmm. he's definitely one that if you go back and watch the Preakness, he was much the best of the rest, uh, you know, obviously early, early voting and, and epicenter, um, were better than him that day, but he easily was better than, you know, Skippy. And um, so you kind of have that factor. Uh, I think he's much better than Golden Glider, obviously. So um, probably even better than Barbara Road. So you, you still think that he's going to have that. I'm going to need every bit of six to one. I'm going to need more than six to one is, mm-hmm. is the problem. If you're going to play him to win now underneath, of course, um, uh, you, you play them, but in, ter- in terms, of if I'm going to play a win bet, six to one is getting a little low for me. That's the problem. And if you want to jump to Nest right then, we can because right. she kind of goes hand in hand. Because I kind of think Nest will get bet harder than Creative Minister. Am I crazy to think that though? Um, no, because Nest with the the Philly angle, Todd Fletcher. Um, is obviously, you know, Todd Fletcher, Jose Ortiz, you know, you got all the connections there, the Kentucky Oaks runner up. So yeah, no, I don't think, I think she will be, uh, I would be surprised, wouldn't be surprised if they full, like flip their, you know, eight to one and six to one range, you know, whereas creative minister goes off around eight to one, whereas nest is more like six to one. Um, yeah, I've heard a few people, Nick says, uh, Pletcher. Hey, my boy, Nick. <laughs> I know uh, he's uh, entered ra- uh, uh, Nest as a rabbit. So what are your thoughts on Nest being in? I don't necessarily think that literally they said, oh, let's run her in the Belmont to be a rabbit. I think it might be deemed beneficial for them that she's in the race, though, for Modonagal. I don't think she's a rabbit. I think she could end up kind of somewhat playing that role i would be shocked if you see that horse just send as hard as you can to be a rabbit though uh, a true rabbit is one you just don't give a shit about just send as hard as you can press that horse no matter what 
and yeah. that's it, right? I don't think Ness is that type. I, I just don't. Um, I'm just thinking they think the distance is going to hit this horse right between the eyes. They think she's really going to like it, and they're going to give it a shot. Now, again, can she be the one to kind of bother uh, we the people naturally? Possibly. Uh, I do think, you know, they'll think, well, listen, the, the way the Philly wins is we got to kind of get her out towards the front. And if that happens and then we're bothering we the people because of that, then that's that's OK for them. But I don't think she's specifically a rabbit I, with her. I just I don't know that she's quite fast enough. That's my biggest worry about her. And that's that's not really I'm not really knocking her. She's been great. She's a great Philly, but she got second in the Kentucky Oaks. To Secret Oath, she wasn't really competitive with her. Secret Oath was fourth in the Preakness. She didn't have a great trip, but we also saw Secret Oath third in the Arkansas Derby. She just couldn't quite – she she didn't embarrass herself. She just wasn't quite good enough to beat the boys. Why is Nest? Is it the distance? Is that the only thing that could really kind of get her in the conversation? Yeah, I mean, Pletcher specifically did say, like, the big reason for her in this being in this race is that distance um, – made kind of made sense for her uh being a being a, a curlin you know <clears throat> out of an ap indy mare um so yeah i think the distance is the biggest thing i kind of agree um with yeah truth exposed um she really never did start her run in that race until it was way too late now i don't think she was ever going to beat um secret oath that day but she definitely once she kind of got in the in her rhythm there towards the end of that race, she was just kind of, she has that very similar grinding style um, that Modonical has, right? That just kind of just now I don't think she's as good as Modonical, but has that slow grind. So that's going to obviously benefit her in this race. So I think she will be. I don't know that she's fast enough. That's that's uh, I agree with you there. Um, but I do think she's a factor in the race. Um, I, I think when they hit the top of the stretch, she'll still be there. I think she'll be putting the the pressure on on uh, We the People along with uh, Creative Minister. So I think those two do enough, enough to give the benefit to my top pick. I think your top pick, Mo Donegal. Anyone, and if you like Rich Strike or if you like um, uh, Barbara Road or whoever it is you like, I think those two horses do enough to soften up with people. Yeah, I, I think you. I think you're right. Um, I, you know, I see the comment that listen, Ness is better than Secret Oath, and you know, the it just didn't get a chance to run in that race. I'm, I'm just not sure. I, she has a lot of blowout wins, but she was kind of facing horses that weren't very good, and the numbers didn't really come back that strong. Um, you know, the Ashland the horse that finished second in the Ashland that day that she beat by eight and a quarter came back and ran an allowance race and was nowhere to be found. Didn't even hit the board. So I, I don't know what she faced that day. Really? I, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I'm not completely sold on her. Now the other way around that is the third place finisher did come back and win the black eyed Susan. So, you know, there's good, there's mixed results coming out of that race. A lot of them didn't run well. A couple of them did. I Again, I'm just not sure how high her talent level lies. And that's why I kind of looked at Creative Minister instead of Nest in the spot. 
Okay, uh, I've got to put a few people uh, down here. So, Joseph, uh, why did he run Skippy and the Preakness then? How'd that go? So, I, I don't necessarily, I don't disagree that they ran, they're running the mirror. I thought all along that they would run both races, both legs. But to say, like, he was not going to enter him if he didn't think he could win, well, I think he's entering him because it's a $1.5 million race that he thinks the horse could possibly hit the board. Um, so, that is a little less. And, come on. Secret Oath was not losing that day. I'm sorry. Uh, and I, I I get that I think Ness is better than what we saw that day. Secret Oath was a beast that day. She made a huge, huge move, and I don't think Ness would have done it, could have done anything about uh about her that day. So I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, but I do think Ness was better than what we saw in the Yokes. Yeah, maybe she makes it close, you know, maybe she does, but I, I don't I think you know, Secret Oath and her, Secret Oath was wide in the race, but she did get all the, she didn't have anybody blocking her or anything like that. Um, I mean, you could debate it all you want. The bottom line is, let's say they're equal. I still don't think Nest is a play here. And that's where I'm at. Like, I just, let's, even if Secret Oath was here, I don't think she would be a play based on what we've seen when these Phillies take on the boys, unless the distance just really, really fits her really well. And she loves it. All right. Uh, Magic says breaking news. The inside track, the Belmont stakes uh, left his hands. So now it's in our hands and then it'll be posted. So look for that on the site later today, tonight, somewhere in that time frame. All right. Final pick. Who's the pick for the, Belmont Stakes. I, I just have to go with Mo Donegal. He's been very consistent. We've seen him in a similar situation where it looked like he couldn't run down a lone speed horse, and he did. And that lone speed horse, his next start, won the Preakness. And again, I don't, I just don't think we can say that enough. He beat the Preakness winner, and he did it in a race where he had every excuse not to do it. And so you get in here, I think he's just better than these horses. I get it. If you want to play We the People – I understand it, man. I do. Like the pace advantage is there. I think the end of the day, Mo Donegal grinds him down late and Mo Donegal wins this one. Yeah, I'm with you. I think he's the pick. You know, you look at uh, his races. Yes, he beat the Preakness winner. He also beat uh, Zandon in the Rimson. I know that was a while back, but he still, he beat, he ran that horse down. Um, a horse that at all counts should have, could have possibly won the, the Derby as well. Uh, to finish fifth in the Kentucky Derby was a was unbelievable with a better trip. Even an inside trip, this horse is at least second or third at the worst, uh, Mo Donegal. And maybe we'll be talking about him in a little bit different light. So he's going to get the trip here. I think he's going to get somewhat of the of, of enough of a setup for him to where he'll be tactical and be able to pounce late and grind, like you said. So I'm with you. I think Mo Donegal gets it done for Todd Pletcher. Number six, Mo Donegal wins the Belmont. What's up, everybody? I'm Mike Samich coming at you here. And today we're excited to talk about a new partnership over RacingDudes.com, BetPTC. Uh, we just added, went into a partnership with them, allowing our users to be able to get not only a $200 sign-up bonus after they bet $750 on the site, but also a rebate. Aaron, you've been using BetPTC. Tell us a little bit about the rebate that you can get. Yeah, it's been absolutely fantastic. You get up to 4% on your win wagers, 8% on, on exotics. And the great thing about it is with a lot of rebates, well, you don't get them at all with some. And with some, it's, it takes a while for it to hit your account. 
not with BetPTC. Immediately when that race goes official, A, you're going to get your payout, hopefully, because you've cashed your bet. But B, that rebate hits your account immediately. So if you bet 100 bucks on a race, guess what? Or, or let's say a win, you're going to have $4 in your account immediately when that race goes official. And like I said, up to 8% for exotics. It's pretty awesome. Make sure you check to make sure your state's eligible, eligible for both BetPTC and the rebate, since it does vary from state to state. If you're looking to sign up and take advantage of a $200 bonus, just click on this Sign Up Now button here at BetPTC.com. Uh, make sure you enter out, enter in all your information, scroll down to the bottom, and make sure you include, include promo code DUDES when you're signing up to be able to get a $200 bonus after betting $750. That gets deposited right into your account, and then you're eligible to get rebates back as well. So make sure you give it, uh, give, check out BetPTC and give them a shot to see if they can earn your business. Time for Rapid Fire, presented by the Inside Track for the 2022 Belmont Stakes Racing Festival. That's right. Get the all-inclusive wagering guide to the 2022 Belmont Stakes Racing Festival. This Saturday, June 11th at Belmont Park, features in-depth analysis of all nine stakes on the card, eight grade ones, uh, including the $1.5 million Belmont Stakes that we just talked about. But that's not all. Along with the nine major stakes, you'll get uh, race-by-race analysis, betting suggestions, and multi-race plays for the entire Saturday card. This Inside Track for the 2022 Belmont Stakes Racing Festival wagering guide also Features an exclusive bankroll wagering article only available in this guide from yours truly and Mr. Aaron Hawthorne. We'll be pounding some opinions in that, so make sure you look for that at the beginning of the guide, as well as top four consensus picks from all the expert handicappers at RacingDudes.com, including Saratoga Slim. He's back. He's back. I keep asking every time I ask, and he's finally committed to doing it. So he's committed. We'll see who he likes in all of these stakes races. Make sure you go to RacingDudes.com. And go to the products page to go ahead and get yours uh, and be the first to get it when it is released. All right. Big card. Obviously, we got the wagering guide where we'll have our opinions uh, in full display. But we're going to talk. Uh, you and I did this separately. Like, all right, let's let's list. Let's each give two races. Who is our best bet on the card? And what race are we just generally most excited for? We have the same two races. <laughs> yes, we so we're going to talk about two races <laughs> on rapid fire. So you see it on the screen here. I'll kick things off. The best bet of the entire card on Saturday, Belmont Park, is race four, the Longines, just a game stakes, grade one. And you and I both are on number three, Speak of the Devil. Most impressive horse on Kentucky Derby weekend for me was was Speak of the Devil. I I mean I know we got Regal Glory in here and we love Regal Glory you and I and she beat a stable mate last time at Keeneland that we didn't think she would beat but this is a different challenge altogether for me. Speak of the Devil. I I, I think this horse rolls. I love this horse. I you know I the moment I watched her. In that race, of course, Victor had her had her bet uh, that day uh, at Churchill Downs. I was like, she, I, wherever Chad decides to take her these next several months, she is not losing a race until maybe the Breeders. I mean, get her to the Breeders' Cup, she won't lose a race if he spots her right. And she shows up here, and what am I going to do? Not better? I mean, come on, like this horse. The move she made in the turn was something, and by the way, into a soft pace that in Italian uh, in Italian set that day, and just went around them like they were standing still. And Pratt's back aboard. It, listen, I, I just 
I think she's just so much better than the rest of these. And and I, I don't know that you're going to get... I do think you're going to get everywhere of one of even money just because of who's in the race. I mean, Regal Glory in here for Chad Brown and, and an Italian, the horse that she had to beat last time out setting the pace. I, I just I think that you're going to be able to play her on a win side of things. And I think she's a very doable single um, in the sequence if you're playing the sequence as well. So I, I don't know about you, but I, I just... The moment I saw her, that effort, I, I just was like, she's, this is the next big horse of his, like the next big turf monster. I felt that way too. I was standing on the uh, Churchill Downs rail with Patrick, our, our buddy from uh, Beeson. And, uh, you know, we were just talking, kind of jackassing around uh, like we always do. And I, I was watching out of the corner of my eye, but, we, you know, we, we were just kind of chatting. And I saw her start to make the move. I said, oh, hold on a second. We need to watch this race. And, yeah, just came looped the field. By the way, in Italian is a really nice horse who had a pace advantage that day over Speak of the Devil, and it just it didn't matter. The horse just swooped up, stayed off the out or the, on the middle portion of the track, and just dominated. It was awesome to watch this and uh, to see it in person was great. And I, like I said, I have nothing but the utmost respect for Regal Glory. I think Speak of the Devil beats her. Yeah, and. Why, why can't she get even better here, right? That was her first race in in the United States. First race with Chad Brown. First time Pratt was aboard. First time going, you know, going, uh, you know, in, in, in turns, right? So, why can't she get better? It only has to do the one turn um, again here. So, yeah, dude. I I I, I love Speak of the Devil. All right, I'll let you take over. Since we both have the same race here as well, what is your race you're most looking forward to of the day? It has to be Flightline versus Speaker's Corner, right? The horse with the most talent in the country, Flightline, gets out of California, stretches out to a mile, and takes on the horse who's been the best in this country uh, this year, Speaker's Corner. So... Will it be talent or will it be a horse that just chucks them out every four weeks, four or five weeks, and just runs great races every single time? It's going to be an absolute show in this spot. I, I can't wait for it. And, oh, by the way, you have the Breeders' Cup Sprint winner in Aloha West in the race, who's already proven he can take down a monster when he beat Jackie's Warrior. So he's right there if you want another option. You have Happy Saber, who's pretty darn consistent in his own right. So you've got other options there as well, but uh, boy, it's going to be quite the race between these two top ones. Well, what, what makes it so interesting is if you are just dead set on playing against these favorites, you know, in Flatline and Speaker's Corner, it, 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 at the very least, the race is set up to benefit the three and the four, Aloha West and Happy Saver, because you got two horses who have uh extreme speed in flight line and speaker's corner and then two horses uh, especially like you said aloha west who kind of benefited from that pace meltdown in the uh, in the breeders cup sprint last year who should be coming late the ortiz brothers right uh should be able to to at least make a run if these horses back up to them that's going to be the biggest key I'm on the belief that they don't back up. At least one of them doesn't. Um, and I, that one I think is going to be flight line. I just, I just think this horse is just 
it's like watching a freaking sports car out there, really. Uh, and this horse is, it, I, I don't care that they're going longer, that he's going longer um, for the first time, seven furlongs to a mile. You watch this horse's one, this, this last three races, is only three races by 13 and a quarter, 12 and three quarters, and 11 and a half. And I'm at the, I'm at the thinking that if he's in a race, he's my bet to win the race. Yeah, you kind of feel like that. And the reason why I don't think this will be a speed duel, and if it is, it actually is going to hurt Speaker's Corner. Let's let's take a look at the internal fractions of when these horses were on the lead, right? So you've got Speaker's Corner, who's been on the lead at the half-mile pole, let's see, last five races. The first race he was on the lead, the fraction was 47.07. Second time, 46.48. Third time, 46.26. Fourth time, 46.53. And then the last time he was, yeah, he was on the lead the last time going 45.22. That's pretty fast. How about this? Flight line on the lead going 44.01 last time out. (laughs) 44.11, 44.11, two back, and 44.74, three back. Flightline has the most natural speed out of the two. And so what that tells me, if Speaker's Corner wants the lead, he's going to have to be ridden for the lead, or Flightline's just not going to show up, right? What's a, what's amazing by that is all three, it's not like last, it's like, oh, he really went fast. You know, he runs like this 22.44 and 108 every time. He ran one, he finished the right last is two races, his first two races at six furlongs. He finished in 108 and three and 108. He ran six furlongs in the seven furlong race, Malibu, in 108. So he's he's running the same race every time. 22, 44, 108. These horses, speakers corner in particular, cannot keep up with that. So I'm with you. I don't think there'll be if there is a pace duel that means flatline is not gonna win frankly because if he's not able to use that speed as his biggest weapon then then he's in trouble um but if speaker's corner is taken out of his game a little bit i think this how brings up the opportunity to play an exacta here because flatline will be you know almost unplayable if not unplayable on the win side so how do you make money well maybe you play flatline over happy saver or something like that because if speaker's corner is taken out of his element here then he may not fire at all or he may struggle to fire a little bit and this becomes a little bit of a a situation where flight line just pulls away and someone else comes up and hits second i think what you said is great and i think you could do it the other way as well if you like speaker's corner you could play him over aloha west or happy saver the same way because i think the way Speaker's Corner wins is if Flightline gets out there and it's like, uh-oh, new track, a little bit longer. Maybe I'm not quite 100% healthy. We know the source has had that kind of issue, and he doesn't fire whatsoever. I don't see a situation where Flightline runs second is what I'm trying to say. If he doesn't win, he's probably out of it, which means Speaker is going to pick up the pieces and, and most likely win, and then you've got Aloha and Happy Saver. So you could do it that way as well. So, you know, you pick your pick your poison – Whoever you want on top, flat line, speaker's corner, and then just play a long shot in the second spot. Remember, was it, it was it last year, right? That like Nick's go just did not look like himself. Yep. And you and you you we were watching obviously there together, and you're like, oh, we're in trouble because we obviously had picked Nick's go, and and he just hadn't 
he had separated it all. You know, he wasn't running that normal race where he put put everyone away and just kind of was in his own race. And you could you could compare that to if Flatline doesn't, if you don't see that separation midway through the race, if they as they enter the first turn or the far, you know, the only turn, the turn, you're like, uh oh, this is bad. Yeah, he's not he's not multiple links ahead of speaker's corner or whoever then you're 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 concerned right yeah for sure and nicks go and fly line that's a very good comparison uh in the way that they win is kind of the same get out in front don't be around anybody and just extend uh, on them on the turn and then it's over they can't get to you because you're just naturally fast and you, you don't get tired and you're right with nicks go we'd seen that horse so many times it's seen him in person so many times that each race he ran when he got with Brad Cox, we knew this is a win. This is a loss almost immediately. Uh, you know, especially yeah. after the first half, you just knew it was over. It's like at Saratoga, we're standing there on the Whitney and you, you pointed to the clock tower that was right up kind of after the first turn there. And you said, we'll know by that tower if he's winning or not. And it was true. And it was true every time. Same with the breeders cup. So yeah, that day, I looked at you, and it was the opposite of what we said most of the time when we were standing there watching Nick's go. He's been a very good horse to us over the years. And I looked at you and said, we're fucked. This is, he is pissed. He's around horses. He's throwing his head. We're screwed. So if you see that on the flight line, you're totally, you're in, you're in big trouble on, on Saturday. Yeah, he definitely is one of those horses where you feel like, you know, we don't really know because we've never seen him anywhere near out of the, the race, so to speak. But you kind of feel like you can start walking to the window with him kind of horse if he's where you think he'll be as they get to the first that turn there, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and because he just you frankly, he's he's the quintessential definition of a horse that's running horses off their feet. You know, he he just you you're in that position where you can't go with him because if you do, you're screwed. And if you if you let him go you can't make up the ground to get to him late in the race. And yep. so he's, he's just damn if you do damn if you don't kind of horse. And he's a, he's a superstar. I, I really think so. And I, I think you, if you play against him, you're playing against him at your, <laughs> at your own risk. Well, I, again, I'll, I'll tell you, you're going to play against him with two ideas. One, he's let's, let's just throw out, Oh, he's California. And I think speaker's corner will beat him, you know, blah, blah, blah. He won't show up or, you're thinking if Speaker's Corner does actually go, you're playing one of the other three in this race in hopes of a pace meltdown. Because that's the two ways he could get beat. If Speaker's Corner, if they ride the hell out of him and they go with him, I think he's he's capable of doing it if he's asked. It's going to fuck them both bad, right? And then if, if you think that's going to happen, that's when this thing can explode and you play Aloha West or Happy Saber. Yeah, and... Uh... He even Bill Mott even alluded to that in, in like a press release, like, "Hey, yeah, like you don't don't think we're just going to concede the lead because flight line is faster? Like, do you think we want to let him go and just wire the field? You know, so it'll be interesting to see the tactics there and how much of that is talk and how much of you know will they try to push flight line or get after him a little bit? So yeah, you know, it'll be interesting because flight line obviously has done his best running." Uh, I'm sorry, Speaker's Corner has done his best running on the front end as well. So this is a horse who you know, has won three in a row, all gate to wire, and done so very impressively. So, yeah, I mean, if you believe that there's no way that they're going to concede the lead easily, 
that is Speaker's Corner. Well, Flatline may have been dominating, but he has not seen a horse like Speaker's Corner yet. So, you know, we'll see. Um, I'm in the belief that he can't keep up with Flatline, but that's why they run him, right? That's right. All right, you and I are both on number one Flatline. All right, it's all the time we have. Check out RacingNews.com for our free picks and, of course, our premium selections on our products page. Click the Get Racing News Premium button the menu at RacingNews.com to learn more. Remember to go check out the inside track to the 2022 Belmont Stakes Racing Festival Wager Guide. It is now available for pre-sale. It will be available. The full version will be available uh, later today, maybe early on Thursday. So keep your eyes out for that. If you've already purchased it, just go. Uh, you'll look for an email and, or just go to your dashboard, and it'll be right there in your dashboard at racingdudes.com. The Magic Mike Show. You got a couple to watch here. The Magic Mike Show did the Belmont Park. You were part of that, the Belmont Park uh thursday late pick four so that's out the magic mike show will also be back tomorrow with uh magic and samich they'll be doing the late pick five at belmont on saturday so you want more analysis of that late pick five what samich and magic think of that make sure you stay tuned for that tomorrow at four right four central so yep yep uh the magic mike show so make sure you look for that on Thursday, racingnews.com is your destination site for all free horse racing picks. To all the major horse racing tracks, we're on Twitter at racing underscore dudes, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find all episodes of Blinkers Off and Magic Mike on our podcast page, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon, all the places you listen to. And of course, watch every episode on our YouTube page, racing dudes slash YouTube slash racing dudes. All right, Halterman, I feel like I've seen you. I've been up since like eight today and I've seen you for most of those hours. We've had two shows, two meetings. It's, it's been a long day of talking. My throat actually hurts today. It's weird. Yeah. I'm, I'm hungry and I'm tired and I'm tired of seeing you. Go grab a Snickers. (laughs) Uh, Hungry. Uh, We'll be live uh, tomorrow. Uh, at noon for the live show we'll be doing the tournament so make sure you check out uh the racing dudes tournament challenge is continuing on friday all available all premium subscribers so if you are a pre- premium subscriber you are invited to play in that just look in your dashboard 150 dollars site credit at horse trainings including cash prizes uh last week i believe the winner went home with on a total uh over th- around 300 i believe it was so uh play against the dudes this friday um Belmont, uh, I'm going to guess, will be a big part of that as well. So that'll be fun to have that incorporated into the tournament. And we'll be live. We'll do a live show on Belmont Stakes Day on Saturday. Um, Halterman and I will be home. So we'll be live on the show, I believe. uh, Where is he at? I saw him pop up somewhere. But Saratoga Slim, wherever you're at, you will be at. uh, He'll be live uh, at belmont so if you're uh, look, gonna be there make sure you look for him all right that's it i'm done <laughs> i can't okay. say anything more do you have anything else to you have anything else to add no i don't i'm done I'm, I'm done with you and everybody no just kidding no yeah uh just join us we're gonna be like i said got a lot of stuff going on so if you like the live shows uh we're definitely gonna have a lot of that for you for sure and we got a lot of videos up as well and I don't know. We got we just got shit everywhere right now. It's sports. We got wrestling on the on the YouTube page, so it's everything. Yeah, we usually talk about wrestling on here, um, but now you don't. I don't have to thanks to your wife. So that's great. So Heather and uh, 
And Aaron, they're doing a wrestling. They have a wrestling show now on uh, on the YouTube page. So make sure you go watch that if you are into the wrestling action. And I don't have to talk about it. So it's perfect. It's perfect. Works out well. All right. Until next time, boys and girls, I'm Jared Welch. He's Aaron Halterman. Good luck in the Belmont. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. <laughs> this has been a presentation of RacingDudes.com. Your destination for all things horse racing and sports betting. Whether you want free winners, expert insider picks, up-to-the-minute trackside weather reports, or podcasts and videos for bettors of all skill levels, never make another wager without visiting the Racing Dudes 